What's up? Welcome in to NBA Fast Break. I am Jonathan Hood. So glad that you are with me here for our NBA podcast. A brother has been on the move. I'll explain that in just a moment. So glad to be able to hit record and talk to you about the Bulls and the NBA. And of course, we're brought to you by DraftKings. DraftKings.com is where you go. You know, I love DraftKings because it's perfect for me for college and for pro basketball. All right, get my future bets in as far as MVP and all that. And also, game to game, if there's a game that catches my eye, if I want to stack a parlay for the NBA, man, that's why I got DraftKings. DraftKings.com. Again, use the code WMVP uh, and check it out for all the latest deals for any sport. But since this is a basketball podcast, it's for the NBA and college basketball as well. Man, I hope that you had a great Thanksgiving. I hope that you had a wonderful Thanksgiving holiday. I will tell you, my Thanksgiving was kind of topsy-turvy in this regard. So before Thanksgiving, I spent time in New York, five days in New York, um, covering the UIC Flames. Uh, For those that don't know, um, this is my 10th year doing play-by-play for the UIC Flames. And it's a great opportunity for me. I really enjoyed doing the broadcast. And this year... I'm with Kenny Williams, who is a UIC Flames um, Hall of Famer, former player, and we're going home and road. So we're doing all 32 games, plus, 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 whatever happens after that um, for the UIC Flames. So I was in New York, in the Bronx, New York at Fordham University. There was a tournament that took place there with four teams, and UIC was part of those four teams. And, um, and so it was great to be able to broadcast from Fordham University. That's where the tournament took place. Fordham is the oldest gym in college basketball. Think about that. I mean, it goes back to the days where the Rose Hill Gymnasium was once a World War II barrack. I mean, it shows you how long ago that uh, university is around. As a matter of fact, uh, Vince Lombardi, the longtime Packers coach, uh, that was his university, and he was going to refurbish and redo that gymnasium, but then he passed away. And as soon as he passed away, Digger Phelps, who was going to that school, who was an assistant, uh, left Fordham and went to Notre Dame to be a legendary head coach there at Notre Dame. So just a long story longer is that it was great to be able to uh, call the UIC Flames. They had a couple of wins uh, in New York. And then I put my bag down, spent time with family for a second. Uh, great time having Thanksgiving dinner and then right back on the road against Green Bay. Uh, so it went from New York, uh, bring your bags, sit them down, have dinner, and then go back on the road against Green Bay uh, on a Friday into Saturday. So uh, I have been on the move along with doing Cap and J Hood, but I always We'll make time to talk about the Bulls in the NBA because we got a lot to talk about. And again, we're brought to you by DraftKings. Okay, so five games that have really irked me about the Bulls so far this season. Now, again, we're just talking about 20 games. As I record this, it's 4.15 in the afternoon Central Time on the 28th of November. So I'm recording this before the Bulls play the Utah Jazz. But it's Monday. We need to kind of address what's going on here with this Bulls team. And also, I want to talk about a scathing article that was written uh, in the ringer.com about the Chicago Bulls. So the last game the Bulls played against the Oklahoma State Thunder, uh, Shea Gilgis Alexander uh, lit up the Bulls. And he's a player there that I can't, I don't at least 
I just don't foresee him being with the Thunder all season. But that's a young team that's trying to tank and trying to figure out if they're going to trade their draft picks, if they're going to keep some of their draft picks. I just know that they're young and they're going to be a good basketball team, I would say, in a couple of years just based on their youth. But the Bulls had a hard time against this young team that's not going anywhere, and they lost the game. Also, what I think is the, one of the biggest losses of the year was against the Orlando Magic. Uh, I'm in New York for that, and I'm watching at the hotel bar the Bulls in Orlando. And this game is which the Bulls had this in the bag, and they lost the game, uh, the last second shot, because, again, lack of defense. If I'm not mistaken, that's the game that Zach Levine got benched, if I'm not mistaken, uh, back on November 18th. And so I just, you know, that game was just perplexing to me because the Bulls should have been able to win that game. They've had two losses against the New Orleans Pelicans uh, at uh, Smoothie King and the United Center. I know that the Pelicans are long and athletic, and you know Zion Williamson, which we'll talk about in a little bit, is uh, a force inside. He just eclipses his 100th game as a player in the NBA, uh, but that's that's unacceptable. I mean, the Bulls cannot find a way to stop long and athletic teams, which is going to be a theme here we're going to talk about. The San Antonio game. Uh, is the fifth game, 129-124. Um, the Bulls shot nine for 27 from three in that game. Uh, that was no Zach Levine. That game was close and in the balance, and somehow the Bulls lost that game. Funny thing about that game, right? So I was vacationing um, in uh, Austin, Texas, and my brain was fried. You know, just like, I'm just so good to be glad to be able to be out of town for a little bit, take a little bit of R&R, relax a little bit, see the sights of Austin and all that. And it's just kind of going through my phone like, oh, the Bulls are playing San Antonio. Hmm, that's interesting. It's in San Antonio. And I'm like, oh, God, really? <laughs> like I, I'm not even realizing that the game's like 90 minutes from where I am right now. And I was going to make that drive. And I was like, nah. Now, I'll just watch it. I, I mean, it shows you how I unplugged so quickly and forgot that the Bulls were actually in San Antonio, not in Chicago, because I would have made that trip. And I was just like, well, it's too late to get tickets now, so I'm just going to watch it. And I ended up watching it and got aggravated anyway. So I would have wasted gas going down there to see the Bulls. You can support them, but then when they're beating themselves, that's another thing. So that's that was a major problem for me. But you know, it's funny. I'm looking at the standings now, and it's something I usually never do. But since we have this podcast, I only look at the standings usually in, like in December or around Christmas because that tells a great story where the team is going. Any team's going in the league, and so I just have to look at the standings. Yeah, the the Bulls are upside down as far as the one loss record is concerned. I mean, eight and eleven uh, is not is not great, especially with Zach Levine early in and out of the lineup, but. There is something that was written I want to share with you uh, from TheRinger.com. And the piece is entitled, The Bulls are the NBA's most depressing team, written by Michael Pena from TheRinger.com. I'll give you a couple of graphs. I won't read the whole thing, but I'll give you a couple of graphs of what I said, uh, what I read. It says, let's not mince words. The window that cracked open after DeRozan was acquired is closed. If any team in the entire league should tank, it's this one. The first round pick they owe to the Magic in next year's draft is top four protected. Finishing with one of the three worst records in the league would guarantee a 52% chance to keep that pick uh, in a draft that may transform the sport. 
Lonzo Ball's body is broken. Patrick Williams rarely closes games and has yet to make a major stat improvement from his rookie year. Um, the 23-year-old Carter, we're talking about Wendell Carter Jr., is straight up a better player than the 32-year-old Nikola Vucevic, which is a bummer in and itself because you know it's downright humiliating when you realize one of the picks that they gave up in that trade became Franz Wagner, a future all-star. Unrelated to this semi-relevant story, According, and I'm just reading for what it says here on theringer.com, unrelated, but also semi-relevant. Five years ago, the Bulls traded Laurie Markkinen, who looks like an all-star with the Utah Jazz. Uh, There's more, but I'll just stop there. So the first graph that grabbed me was that out of all the teams in the league, the Bulls should tank. And saying that the window that cracked open after DeRozan was acquired is closed. Okay. Well, first of all, the Bulls should not tank because we're talking about 19 or 20 games into the season. That's number one. Number two, Lonzo Ball is at the difference between the Bulls being over 500 or being where the Boston Celtics are, the top of the East, or, or being one of the top teams in the NBA. Lonzo Ball is a good player. And I think he's very good defensively, but, it, but I don't miss anything I don't see. Uh, I don't consider Lonzo Ball a superstar player. I expect I really look at him as a solid player for the Bulls, but can I just tell you something? If you're a Lonzo Ball away, from being with the top teams in the East, you got a problem. And once again, I don't know what his uh, situation is and how soon he's going to be back, but I just find it very suspicious that Billy Donovan, when asked every now and then, you know, he's coming along, he's coming along, and that's not a good thing because this is, does this mean this guy's going to miss half the season, three quarters of the season? What he does best is his three-point shot got better, uh, and also, he's very good defensively on the perimeter. But as far as him being like an all-out difference maker for the team, I think that he is a piece, but not a key piece. What you have in place right now is Zach Levine, who secured the bag. If he does not secure the bag, then who would secure the bag on this Bulls team? If you don't sign Zach Levine and you allow him to just go wherever, then what happens with this team? This cannot be the DeMar DeRozan show. It just can't be. He's a nice piece, a valuable piece, but actually more valuable than he needs to be, quite frankly, if you have more shooting. DeRozan would be a guy that still just gives you a yeoman's-like effort and just hits his twos and just gives you a great effort uh, on both ends of the floor. But DeRozan is going above and beyond because the Bulls don't have enough shooting around Zach Levine and DeMar DeRozan. I'll give you more from this article from TheRinger.com. Some of the Bulls' general offensive woes can be attributed to their shot selection. Their 28th in three-point rate take more mid-range shots than any other team and rank 28th in field goal percentage at the rim. That's a devastating combination and somewhat connected to whenever, say, Levine drives to the basket and drives into the paint and has to deal with a help defender who couldn't care less about Chicago's mid and mild outside threats. But the Bulls didn't take threes last season and still finished about league average on shots at the rim. 
Levine's individual drop in this category goes a long way. He's down to 56% on attempts taken within four feet of the basket. Some of that is spacing, but some of it also attributes to the knee surgery he had back in May. He's missed four of the Bulls' 19 games this season, the opening two, then a couple of front legs of a back-to-back. That's just some of the thoughts from TheRinger.com. You can read the rest. I will just tell you that I do not believe the Bulls should tank. The Bulls need to be able to find, at the deadline, some kind of shooting. Now, when we talk about um, the Chicago Bulls and their roster, I said this at the time. I said, you can add Drogic, who is a veteran guard who's been there and done that. I have no problem with that pickup, but... You can't, he's not a guy that's going to bail you out in games because he's in the autumn of his career. Nice player, though. I'm not dissing him. I'm just saying that he's back in the NBA and he does a nice job as a backup to Alex Caruso or a backup to Dusumu or can be able to give you a better, more veteran game than Kobe White, who's a catch and shooter. But when you look at what the Bulls did not do by picking up Andre Drummond and Drogic and you say, okay, so what else? Well, what else is this? And fair or unfair, Zach Levine is a veteran player in this league. And Zach Levine has to find a way to be able to carry this Bulls team in the fourth quarter if if they're down. He's got to be able to be that guy. But I think that's something that's not talked about enough because it's not sexy. Um, But it needs to be said is that the Bulls just don't guard. And I remember there was pushback on me. A year ago, two years ago, I was like, Hood, how, how could you say the Bulls are just never going to be a good defensive team? Well, they're just not. <laughs> they're just never going to be this defensive stalwart. I mean, this, when I see the Bulls continue to give up points over the 100-point threshold, I say, boy, you know, this is typical of Billy Donovan's teams. He has to try to outscore. His teams try to outscore the opposition. And the Bulls don't have enough firepower to keep uh, outscoring all the upper echelon teams in the NBA. But it's not even about the upper echelon. They can't do it against Orlando. They can't do it against Oklahoma City. Uh, That's problematic. And again, I'll say this again. If you're long and athletic, uh, like the New Orleans Pelicans, you have every chance against the Bulls. The Bulls are not going to do a damn thing about it. Nothing. And so read the article. I'd love to get your reaction to it. Um, and send me a tweet at tweet J hood or Instagram. If you're listening and you're on Instagram, hit me up. I G J hood. I'd love to get your thoughts about the piece that's written, uh, in the ringer. The bulls are the NBA's most depressing team. I saw that and was like, God, jeez. <laughs> it says Chicago has backed itself into a unenviable corner and possibly the worst situation in the entire league. Hmm. I don't think so. And I would not say that through the first 19 or 20 games this season. The worst situation in the league? Mm, Don't think I would say that. Let me give you a couple of news and notes. But first, man, you know that you need some holiday gifts. So I have two suggestions for you as far as holiday gifts are concerned. Okay, one of them is to go to my bio on Instagram, IGJHood, or on Twitter, Twitter.com, TweetJHood. I want you to click that link tree that's right there in my bio. You can get all the Under the Hood podcast merchandise that you need. You know it's getting chilly, especially if you're in the Midwest or wherever you're listening, even out West. 
could be a little chilly up in the northeast a little chilly i want you to check out my merchandise the under the hood podcast that's what you're listening to right now the under the hood podcast you can check out the hoodies the t-shirts the glasses all the merchandise is there get it for someone who is really into basketball or really into the shows that i do i think it would be a great holiday gift check it out uh the under the hood merchandise available right there in my bio so check it out i'll give you another choice too one more gift idea and that's manscaped manscaped.com have you heard about manscaped before i want you to go again if you go to my link tree hit the bio you can get 20 percent off by just using the promo code hood hey tis the season to be jolly and you can be really jolly if you shave those hairs down there gentlemen Guys, you know how you look down there. You know that you can use a little bit of a trim. You know what I'm saying? You make sure that you get the lawnmower 4.0 to take care of your uh, bowels down there. Uh, down there, Scott Hall would say. Where? Down there. You need to get a trim down there. You need to make sure that you have the best in men's grooming. Go to manscaped.com, and I want you to use my code HOOD, H-O-O-D. It works. 20% off your order. If you don't want it for you, be it for someone else. Tell them Jonathan Hood sent you. Jonathan Hood said you need to shave your you know, man meat down there. You need to take care of, <laughs> of your situation down there. Because it's disgusting. It's got everything that you need, all in a nice little travel pack as well. Manscaped.com. Just go to the website if you don't believe me. Use the promo code HOOD, H-O-O-D, for Manscaped.com. Great holiday gift. Okay, a few news and notes before we're out of here when we talk about the NBA. Uh, Here's one thing. LeBron James, LeBron is back. Did you know this? LeBron James returned after missing five games of the groin issue, and he picked up right where he left off. This dude's averaging... Again, we talk about Tom Brady so much in the NFL. But LeBron James, whether you like him or not, that's irrelevant to this. We're just talking about the amount of production that he has put up. 30 points a game, 9.5 rebounds, 4 assists, 4, uh, 4.0 as far as 3-point field goals are concerned. Uh, in his first two games back, 30 points a game and almost 10 rebounds, 4 assists. The King is getting it done, that is for sure. James came back just in time for Anthony Davis to sit while dealing with the calf issue. Can you believe this? Chicago's own Anthony Davis hurt again. In the six games before he sat on Saturday, Davis was giving you 24 points and 14 rebounds for the Lakers in all six games that he played. Uh, 31.8 points a game, 17 rebounds. I mean, pretty strong. But then, of course, Glassman uh, got hurt again, or as Charles Barkley calls him, street clothes, because he always wears street clothes. What else? Oh, and also on the same team, one other Laker note, Russell Westbrook's averaged 15 points a game, 10 assists, four rebounds uh, while James was out. Lonnie Walker was able to step up as well. But, you know, it's a longer conversation we'll have, I'm sure, throughout the season. But Russell Westbrook, he always gets to blame, right? Always gets to blame. Russell Westbrook, he goes from place to place. He's a problem. The dude is just trying to win. Uh, he just needs to tailor his game in realizing that he can't shoot threes anymore, but he's still effective as far as a score. 15 points a game, 10 rebounds without LeBron James. And now James is back and he's doing well. Questions about the Golden State Warriors, right? The Warriors start off the season 0-7 on the road 
It was a head scratcher. Like, man, they're losing against team after team. What's up with this Warriors team? Well, the Warriors now have won two of their past three games away from home, including a 23-point smashing of the Minnesota Timberwolves. More than that, the team that expectedly began the campaign uh, with a 6-9 mark through 15 games now has won five of their last six outings. So never discount the champs, right? Uh, you know, 0-7 on the road, people thought, well, this is the end of the era. I mean, as long as Steph Curry and Klay Thompson can shoot that three ball, as long as they still had depth on that roster, um, that can really help them go a long way. Again, Jordan Poole, Andrew Wiggins, on and on, Draymond Green, uh, they have the uh, right players to get them over the hump. How far will they go? I don't know, but they're not, we're, they weren't going to go over uh, for the season as far as playing on the road. So the 76ers, five games ago, Tyrese Maxey fractured a foot bone and um, joined James Harden on the sidelines. Four games ago, Joel Embiid had a foot issue as well. He was on the sidelines, yet somehow the 76ers have won three of their last four games. So how does that happen, right? So you win by 30 against Orlando. Tobias Harris played 22, let's see, he had 22 and a half points a game, six rebounds. He's played well. Shake Milton's played well for them, leading the way, 23.6 points a game. De'Anthony Melton, um, he's been solid as far as on the defensive end. Three steals in five games that he's averaging, averaging 17 points a game. So just thinking about this, maybe the 76ers will be more dangerous than we think. At least early on, if Maxie's out, Harden's out, and Bede's out, but yet Tobias Harris and others are stepping up for the 76ers, um, you know, be, with blessed with good health, be careful for them. And one other note about Zion Williamson, I mentioned it earlier, Zion Williamson is expected to play his 100th game on Monday. In his career, he's averaging 25.3 points a game. According to ESPN Stats and Info, no player to debut in the shot clock era has averaged 25 points on 60% shooting through his first 100 career games. You know, you think that we've seen everything, right? Maybe you missed that. Maybe I read that too fast. According to ESPN Stats and Info, no player to debut in the shot clock era has averaged 25 points on 60% shooting through his first 100 games. In fact, the only players to do it over a 100-game span in the shot clock era was Sir Charles Barkley, Shaq, Kevin McHale, and Will Chamberlain. <laughs> oh, man, you just think, you think we've seen everything, and then you see a stat like that. 60% shooting, 25 points a game. It's just absolutely amazing. Well, as always, we thank you for checking out uh, the Fast Break podcast right here, and make sure that you hit me up, Instagram, IGJHood, Twitter, Twitter.com, TweetJHood. Let me know that you heard this podcast. Let me know your thoughts on the article from The Ringer regarding the Chicago Bulls. That's number one. And number two, do you think they should tank? I'd love to get your reaction to this podcast. I say no, because I think that's ridiculous, uh, especially through 19 or 20 games of the season. But one thing for sure is that the spotlight is on Karnaschovas and Eversley because, again, this is not hindsight. This is not me taking a comment back from the patent. This is today. I said this, saying it today, I said that at the beginning of the season, if you do not find better shooting, you will stand still and be in the same spot the Bulls were last year, and that's first round and out. You know, as we look at it today, they're not even in the playoff hunt, but it's a long, long season. Will the shooting come along, and will Zach Levine step up even more so 
To me, it's all predicated on playing better team defense. I'm Jonathan Hood. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll do this next week. I'll find a way. Where am I going? I'm going to Des Moines on Saturday. Where am I? I'm Terre Haute the following week. I'll find a way to get back to you, to talk to you about the Bulls and the NBA right here on Fast Break. Thanks for listening.